Broadcasting from the News Radio 102.9 KARN Radio Center and Studio 1B, it is Guatney Unplugged with Scott Romine. Hey, Scott Romine here. Hope you're having a great Saturday. We're going to talk with my friend Rocky Gray. He's a musician, producer from Arkansas. He makes films. He does about everything. Of course, he's probably most recognized as a former member of Grammy Award-winning multi-platinum goth rockers Evanescence. He's a member of We Are the Falling and Living Sacrifice. He's done everything. How are you, Rocky? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm just so glad. Uh, and you live back here in the Cabot area now, correct? Yeah. That's about, so about cool. About 10 minutes from you. You know, you're the rock star. You're kind of like Elvis. <laughs> you know, you do all this Hollywood stuff, but you're going to come back to your you know, your roots. Yeah. You know, I think if Elvis was alive, he'd live at Graceland right now. Oh, yeah. You know, I, he, he probably is at Graceland right now. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is. Tell me about before all this stuff growing up in Arkansas. Well, I'm originally from Illinois. I moved here uh, to Jacksonville in uh, when I was in sixth grade. And so we've been here ever since. And uh, what schools did you go to in Jacksonville? I went to Jacksonville Elementary. Okay. Until uh, uh, junior high, then out to. Uh, I went to North and South Side Junior High. Um, so you remember Guatney Chevrolet and oh yeah, yes. Mexico Cachito existed back yeah. then, <laughs> you know, in Jacksonville. And there was a movie theater. I, I don't really yeah. remember it, but uh, people talk about there being a Jacksonville yeah. movie theater. I saw uh, an old Italian movie called Burial Ground there. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it should have been impossible to see that movie here at all, but but it, it was happened. there. It was there. That was awesome. So did you get into music here in the Jacksonville school system? Where did that come from? Music is just in the blood. Mom, dad, grandma, everybody is into music. So it's what it did, was going to happen. <laughs> what did they all play? I mean, it seemed unavoidable for you if that many people could do it. My mom sings uh, and dad played guitar. Um my sisters sang. Did they have a band or what? Where did they express this? In church or what exactly? Some in church. And uh, mom would sit in with the bands at the club. And that's kind of how I started playing in front of people was I would go sit in with the band at the club. And I was too young to be there, but mom knew the people and yeah they're nice people so we uh every once in a while i'd go up there and just play some songs with the band and eventually when i was about 16 i would do full sets with the band so we would do a couple sets a night and i didn't know any of the songs i was just but you can play the whole thing yeah i mean yeah some of them i knew so i was just like uh, just going with it, but you know nothing I would rehearse or anything like that. So. Wow! And but you play drums, but you also play guitar. Is there other things that you play? Whatever I have to do, <laughs> pretty much is what really I'll do. yeah. But you didn't have like formal lessons in this. This is just through osmosis or just practicing I on had, your I own. I had some drum lessons, and I was in in you know beginning band and. In junior high, one year, I I failed that. <laughs> you failed band in school, and you go in go on to be in all these rock bands. Yeah, yeah. 
it, it's, it's it's the school work. It's like I was just just stubborn and I just didn't want to do the work part, you know. Um, did you learn to read sheet music yeah, though somewhere along the way? I it, just just in uh, I guess it's called intermediate band. Uh, yeah, I, I learned to read it and everything. It was just. Just when it was time for homework, it was. You didn't want to do that part of it. Yeah. Nobody. Does. I was busy. I was the kid. I was. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Watching cartoons and Super Friends and just we don't have time for that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny that your story is kind of similar. So I mean, Elvis grows up singing in church, and I think Axl Rose even was like in a church choir. I don't doubt that. Prior to you know all of that, <laughs> you know. So what do you prefer, drums or guitar or what? I I like them both. I I really do. Um it's nice to be able to you know if I'm tired of one thing I I have the other to to kind of pick up and have fun with again and then I'll be like, "Man, I I miss playing drums and I'll I'll go do that." I play a lot of of guitar these days. So, I mean, it's been a very long time since it's been a steady thing playing drums for me. So, uh, doing the movie soundtracks and stuff like that, it's, and, and video games, it's all guitar and programming drums. Um, it's just the easiest thing to do, I guess. I mean, I have, a an Alesis, uh, sample pad pro right mm-hmm. next to me. So if I want to do something a little more intricate that might take too much time programming, I can just, you can just do it, pick up the sticks and just do it on the pads and then and I'm right back it. into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I guess everything's layered, so theoretically, your songs you could have done every element. I'm sure you do that. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, it's just me. It's just me. That's all I have. It's amazing the technology. I, I I've heard that like Tom Petty was one of the last people that recorded live, where everybody in the room I don't doubt is it. doing their piece. Yeah, but that's just not the norm these days. It's not. No, everything is just about emailed to one person to another that's how the songs are all put together and then polished up in the studio and there that's it there's not much more to it wow i mean every once in a while you know maybe we'll get some kind of budget to actually go into a studio but typically you're doing it on your own yeah that's a rare thing now to have any money to do anything but it's a cool to be able to do that, that the technology exists. We'd be in trouble if we couldn't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess so. So, you know, but before, when, as you're getting into all this, who are the artists that really influence you that you look up to? I mean, everybody has that. Well, growing up, Kiss was the band for me, you know. I, I was just, just love what they did, you know, as, as a kid. I was like, that's... That's where it's at. The genius of their stick was they never had to age. If you wear this makeup, you can look like that for 50 years. Yeah. That was very clever. Yeah. Yeah. Do you well, remember? If, if they never took the makeup off, I mean, they, they could have probably got away with just even switching members up and everything. Yeah, that's Which right. they did sometimes, but. Do you remember they appeared on an episode of Chips? I'm pretty sure I've I've tried to catch every single like 
They, Even Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, I mean they had comic books and everything, yeah, didn't they? At one yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, I was really into it as a kid, and I grew out of it once. Once I heard Metallica, that was over. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? You know, yeah, they did an episode of Chips, and they actually, I think, they did their makeup a little differently and used a different name as their character band. But yeah, they they did one. <laughs> What's some other ones? Metallica. Who else figures oh, Met- in there for you? Well, uh, yeah. One, once I got into like Metallica, then it was kind of a snowball effect. You you go from Metallica to Slayer to Megadeth, Pantera. All those anthrax, you know the the big four, the you know, and the, every, all the Bay Area bands and stuff. You didn't mention like Waylon Jennings, you know? No, no, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I didn't hear Johnny Cash in there anywhere. I don't, no. you know, I've, I don't I, know. I actually listen to more Johnny Cash now than I probably ever did growing up. Top three favorite songs of all time. Hmm. Well, that will change all the time depending on the mood or for right now we'll just go with uh how many i have three three i figured you could just rattle this off no there's so many good songs um we'll go with uh back in black acdc seek and destroy metallica and domination pantera there you go. Hey, there you go. Solid choices. Just off the dome. I mean, that'll change in a few minutes. <laughs> Do you have a favorite guitar? I always think about Spinal Tap. We showing all those guitars. You must have a room like that. What What is your favorite, and why? Um, right now, the my favorite guitar is a uh, ESP LTD uh, Eclipse. It's like a flat black uh, with the is that a very current guitar? Well, they've had them for a, a while. Um, but I never had one till like a year ago. So that that's probably my favorite one right now. Why is it that when when bands typically people are asked about a guitar, they you didn't, but generally people say, oh, I like this one from 1956 or this one from 57. Why would you want something that's so old what do they do then that they don't do now i I think it has a lot to do with the classic feel um sometimes um you know it's a it's a a relic are they in some cases heavier back then or i mean they make them exactly the same way now do they really but you're holding in your hand something from you know if you have a gibson 1958 explorer that's gonna just feel totally different than the the uh, the the new edition of you know the the two twenty twenty one reissue of the nineteen fifty eight Gibson Explorer. I kind of get that. I mean, you know, I it's collect probably Air mental G- more than anything. Well, like I collect Air Jordans, and of course, there's retros from twenty fifteen, but it's not the same as one from nineteen eighty five. Or is it? Uh, not not exactly <laughs> actually the quality back then and maybe the same for a guitar or something is do they make rubber different now oh i don't yeah i don't know but if you think about it there's probably 1940 refrigerators that still work i'm sure that somebody's got one and 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 people with 1950 tractors still using them you yeah. know they did yeah. build things 
quite different. I could then. I could totally see like mechanical wise how yeah he, there's a big difference between something made today and 1958. Yeah, uh, but, you're gonna notice the difference. The seat's gonna be different for one thing. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> yeah. Well, Indiana Jones got in a 1950s refrigerator and survived a nuclear blast. I saw the movie. There you go. You couldn't. Everybody do that. needs one. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't do that with a new one. So I, as I look through your bio and stuff, I think some people would be surprised to know that there is a thing as there is Christian death metal music. How did this come about? And, and uh, are there many bands that are in this? In yeah, that? It, that's a silly genre name, but I mean, it's I understand why it, it gets called different things like that, but. Uh, yes, there are a lot of Christian like heavy bands, um, and it's basically just bands doing exactly what they would be doing, anyways. Except they might be all Christian dudes. <laughs> That's the only difference. So the words and the songs may not reference anything necessarily different. Not really. I mean, uh, some talk politics, some talk religion. Uh, in one form or another, I'm sure it kind of al- always weaves its way back into, you know, the writer. If the writer's a Christian, I mean, then he's going to, he or she will be writing from that perspective. So in one way or another, it, it comes back to the religion part. But just, other, than, other than that, I mean, right. if, you're, if you're just talking politics or something, just life, things that's no different from the next person does that end up influencing maybe where the cd or the music is sold or or marketed or how it's marketed maybe i mean i don't know if you get that at mardell's i don't know yeah that's 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 where you know the market is um mardell's would be the first place a lot of people would go really yeah Wow, yeah, that's pretty neat. You know, we're talking with Rocky Grave. He just joined us. Uh, he does all kind of music. He does movies. You know him from the band Evanescence. Everybody around here from Little Rock is familiar with that. I, I got to ask you about it. I, I guess that band I've heard started out playing little shops and things around Little Rock before it really got big. How, how did you become a member of that? Were you originally in that band? Well, it it all started because the the uh the guy who formed evanescence ben moody he was a fan of living sacrifice who i was playing guitar for and he they went to do a demo it was just him uh ben moody and amy lee at the time okay and they were doing their first demo and the guy they were doing the demo with um referred me as somebody to do the session for the drums because they didn't have a, a drummer. So I had worked with that studio before, and he referred them to me, and uh, Ben knew me anyways, but I don't know if he knew that I played drums or not. But uh, So, yeah, they're, they're like, basically their first song that they did, I played drums on, and then after that, they got another drummer because I was already doing things. So, and they had other friends and things like that that also played. Sure. 
So they had another drummer for a while and blah, blah, blah. Time goes by. They get signed after doing a full CD and things like that. Um, And they get signed and they need somebody to go on tour with them. The drummer they had didn't want to go on tour, I guess. Hmm. So they get get back in touch with me and uh, went on from there. Do that we was, was see that. you in some other videos and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I, all the the videos before they got signed. I'm probably only in two shows. I think they only did five shows ever. Really? Before they. Went out to L.A. and did that thing. And did that. Yeah. I, I think they're associated with some soundtracks or some superheroes. Daredevil, Daredevil I yeah. think, is one. Yeah. Yeah. They had two songs on the the Daredevil soundtrack. So when you go on tour with them, did you guys headline shows? Did you open for some acts that we know? Or 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 what to, exactly? I'm trying to remember. It wasn't very long. But, um, I mean, you did this for a couple of two or three years or so didn't you i guess not before it blew up oh really that it was not out long at all and And it blew up i mean it's (laughs) i mean i could totally be wrong uh because my sense of time is kind of weird but it seems like we were only on tour in a van for just a couple weeks and that was all over really yeah wow was there any surreal moment? Well, the whole thing is surreal. Really? <laughs> None of that should have happened. It, really? No. No. It's, it's a fluke that any of that... It's not a fluke that they're super talented people. But it's a fluke that you can do five shows and, and then that do big. what happened. I mean, to do that is... It's impossible. Yeah, it's it impossible really... till it's not, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it did happen, and, yeah. and everybody knows that band. I guess the band still exists in some different yeah. form yeah. today, and I believe the whole everything's changed. But I guess Amy, is that is yeah. that right? Uh, yeah, that's the most only original them, member. Do most of them still live in Little Rock, or some of uh, them? Me, John LeCompte, uh Will Boyd, Amy Lee's in Nashville now. Okay, so I mean, everybody didn't go to too far away did you ever get stage fright about those kind of appearances no just didn't no it's just another gig i guess yeah that's that's the fun part you get an hour of fun and then then lots of traveling and staying in hotels and not doing a whole lot but i bet you get that hour on stage that's that's the fun part well you get that hour (laughs) nobody can text you or nobody can call you about your, you know, your extended warranty in your car. I mean, that must be nice. That's that's the perks. When you're in a band like that, Rocky, do, I know there's things behind the scenes that the public wouldn't assume. Is you're the drummer? Is the guy on stage always the guy in the studio, no. or not necessarily? No, I'm not even playing drums on the first record. That's Josh Freeze. I play one song. I do the band version of My Immortal, which was only on the re-release of the first record. So they re-released it with the band version on there because that's the version that we did the video for. 
So they released that, and that's the only song that I play on on the first record. I wrote a song on the first record, but I didn't play on it. Really? Because I wasn't in L.A. <laughs> so does it, but they used your song. Yeah, yeah. Does it work like being in a movie where you get royalties, where this oh, yeah. thing yeah. continues to live? Yeah. That's very yeah. cool. I'm very thankful people are still listening to that record. <laughs> well, they still have a website. They're still yeah. popular yes. band. The, I, I don't think it's going away. I think it's one of those records that has has really been a part of a lot of people's lives and grown, oh, yeah. grown up with it. And now the people that grew up with it are you know, still listening to it and their kids are listening to it. And it's one of those things that's just going to keep going, I think. What's something about the music industry that the average person maybe would be shocked to know? I'm not sure if is it anybody super, would be shocked anymore. <laughs> is it super competitive, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I mean like any anything else, I guess it, it's what are you doing that somebody else is not doing, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, okay. It's like, oh, I got this Always awesome the, idea for this movie. That is also another movie. So what are you doing that that other movie didn't do, you know? It's like that it's the most everything. yeah the most yeah. valuable thing is a good idea yeah you know really so speaking of that you go off and you do like video game music for games yeah if you worked on some games that we we know i guess killing floor 2 is probably the only one that really anybody's heard of that you can get at walmart or you know something like that very very cool <laughs> but you do you have you might you're passionate about making movies and directing and, and things like that which it's funny a lot of people like rob zombie i know went yeah. from music into doing what you do and did you get any formal training for that or is that kind of just by osmosis just being a lover of films it's the love of it and and, and having that passion for it and having the privilege of having youtube now sure that's that's most people's film school now that's uh, true if you ain't got seventy thousand dollars to go to film school you have youtube so <laughs> and you can learn a lot of stuff yes now do you tend to gravitate to horror films because that's what you love or is that more marketable or is it a little of both it's definitely what i gravitate towards too because that's 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 what I'm into, um, and anybody first starting out will find out pretty quick that that is also the best way to to kind of get into the film world because you can narrow down the cast and the crew and the locations and things like that. So less expensive. Bu budget wise, yeah, it helps you to get into stories like that because there's these isolated stories and um things like that like cabin in the woods and sure you know it's like okay don't we don't need a elaborate. ton of money yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't need an elaborate sets yeah. and go all over the world comedies dramas fantasy you're spending money that's expensive good luck the horror makes sense you need a butcher knife and fake blood yeah you know <laughs> So what's the films you loved growing up with that influenced you? I was into Phantasm, Halloween, oh, that's a cool one. Friday the thirteenth, all the all the you know, the classics for sure. And then, you know, all the not so classics, 
you know, well, I would like those too. Phantasm kind of is a, a cult, but also kind of an independent film. I think a lot of those were shot. Yeah. That guy that's in all of them, that's like what he's known for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Angus Scrim. Yes. Was that the bad guy yeah. in the flying ball yeah. in the Barracuda? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Cool. That's cool stuff. Yeah. I just watched part two day before yesterday. Oh, I, lo- I love all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So great. tell me about the, these movies you're making. That I love the, the title, 1031. What does that involve? And you've got more than just you directing. Yeah, it's an anthology film. So I wanted to do something that was what I was into. Halloween. So oh, yeah. let's do an anthology just about Halloween. So I started that in um, 2016. I started that. Originally, I was just going to do all the movies and then realized how how uh, crazy of an idea that was. And I didn't want to do that on my own. Yeah, it's a lot Because that's of a work. lot of work. Yeah. So because I'm so impatient about things. Mm-hmm. Luckily I have a, a, a lot of good director f- friends that wanted to get involved with it. So our, our very first movie was, it, it went off uh, really well and it was successful. So, I mean, it allowed us to keep. So you're more. on to what, three or four now? We're doing the third one right now. We're almost, we're almost done. And you've got a quite a following. People are, are they just waiting for this thing to come out? When did, did they come out on Halloween or something? Yeah, they have been. Yeah. So you're hoping this next with one, no delays, it'll be our third year of being out on Halloween. And how do you market these things streaming, or do they buy like a Blu-ray or something? We do both. Really? You can have a physical copy of it. We have VHS. We have. You've got VHS? Oh, yeah. yeah. All of them will have VHS. I've heard that has become a big deal again. Yeah. It's fun. If I had a wood grain TV, I'd want to get the VHS. Yeah. And watch it in (laughs) 4.3. Man, that is so cool. Is it hard to find a vendor that makes VHSs anymore? There's probably not many. As far as I know, the. The guy who does our distribution for us actually makes the copies himself. You almost have to. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of that around. How long do these movies run? About 90 minutes. It's about like any any film. Yeah. Is it? Could you compare it to like, uh, I think about the old Twilight Zone movie. Is it Creepshow that has several stories yeah, it's, within it's a story? It's more like Creepshow than anything else. Yeah. 1031 could be like a Netflix series. Yeah. Well, there, there's a um, streaming channel called Shudder that is nothing but horror movies, and they have the new Creep Show. So they're into the... There is a new Creep Show. Oh, it's awesome, too. Really? Yeah. yeah. i yeah. got to check that out. I didn't know there was such a thing yet. Greg Nicotero, um, the special effects oh, artist yeah. from KMB. Walking Dead. That's him. That's his show. He just restored the shark from Jaws. That's the guy awesome. is incredible. Yeah, he, yeah. Re- he restored an original Bruce. That's awesome. You know, how cool. He's he's amazing. Where can people catch up with you and follow you online? Uh, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Rocky slash, uh, not slash, Rocky-Gray.com. 
it has all the links there. So awesome! Well, uh, go check him out. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rocky Gray. <laughs> Thanks, uh, he's man. got uh, ten thirty one. We're waiting for that movie to come out. You <laughs> you actually filmed a piece of it at my house. I'm very excited about yeah, that. It was fun. You know, the the neighbors will get over it. No big deal. 